Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. The 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. We are going to try this again. I am going to try to get a hold of my next guest, who is going to join us on the old telephone. I'm going to call them skype to phone but they will not be joining us on the old uh, on the old gimmick. On the old gimmick, as they say. Old gimmick? What's the old gimmick? I guess the old gimmick is the telephone. I'm going to call him up and get him on the gimmick. He's on the gimmicks. I don't know what that means. It's an old professional wrestling thing. I don't know. On our big broadcast, we are coast to coast. Border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, AMFM247.com. Tune in. iTunes. And, of course, uh, TalkShoe as well. And we have a tremendous guest with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast with Tenant. Colonel Ray Moore, retired Lieutenant Colonel Ray Moore, and he's with us today here on a broadcast. He's an Army Reserve Chaplain, veteran of the Gulf War, and uh, he was awarded the Bronze Star Medal. He is a graduate of the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina, and he joins us today here on the telephone to talk a little bit about his great book, Let My Children Go. It is a uh, tremendous, tremendous book, and... Um, Lieutenant Colonel, it's a blessing to have you on the broadcast. How are you, sir? Well, thank you uh, uh, for having me. It's Jiggy Jaguar, right? Yes, indeed. You got it, baby. You got it. With a name like that, that's <laughs> It was a high school nickname that over the last um, 20 years, 20, 30 years, I have turned into a brand, and the radio industry hates every single minute of it. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I do my thing, and I talk to great people like you about incredible books and incredible topics, and we have got a good one here today. Um, Ray, this book is amazing. T- tell me a little bit about this incredible book. Well, we wrote it in 2001, and uh, basically it's let my children go, kind of borrowing it from you know, what Moses said about the children of Israel. So we yeah. made a lot of analogies to the exodus from Egypt, <clears throat> you know, under the leadership of Moses. I'm not Moses. I'm just <laughs> a small-town pastor and a chaplain. But I thought that was a powerful, powerful story for both Jews and Christians. And really, <clears throat> when we get converted and uh, come to Christ as our Savior, we're kind of in an exodus from paganism and uh the unsaved world. So it, there are a lot of analogies there, and we use that. Um, so it's kind of a manifesto of why Christians and churches need to leave behind the state-sponsored public school system and go to the promised land of campus Christian schools uh, and homeschooling. And I've been laboring with this message for officially for 24 years. We started wow. the ministry in 1997, 
called Exodus Mandate, and that webpage is exodusmandate.org, exodusmandate.org, and we're officially been in existence about 24 years as a ministry. <clears throat> My wife and I actually started homeschooling our own children in the late 70s when I was finishing up theological seminary in uh, Grace Seminary in Winona Lake, Indiana. So we've, been, wow. we've got a long history of actual involvement in uh, <clears throat> giving our kids Christian education through homeschooling or campus Christian school. Fantastic. Fantastic. We have got a tremendous guest with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast. And uh, something that I, I want to get your take on, my friend, is the way that the uh, both sides of the aisle have just dismantled over the last, I don't know, ten years or more, the public school system. Uh, this common core math, which is just incredibly insane. Um, the, 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 the fact that there are children, uh, who get all the way to the fifth grade and can't read. Uh, what in the world is going on with the school system, well, it, my friend? Public education, you, a lot of Christians have a hard time getting this idea. But you've got to realize it's not broken. Public education is is succeeding, very successful, according to the design of the socialists and Unitarian planners. And a lot of Christians just can't get their mind around that idea. They keep trying to fix it. They get in there, run for school board, and they go to the PTA. <laughs> None of that stuff works because yeah. it's, a, it's a faulty model. It's a socialistic model in education. And Christians and conservatives generally do not support socialism, but they support socialism in education because they support public education. And I have struggled for 20, nearly 25 years to explain that, and it's very hard for them to to see it. <clears throat> so we start off with an Exodus Mandate, and that's exodusmandate.org, with the proposition, and we believe this is easily shown, that the Scriptures which are the authority for all Christians, the scriptures assign the education of children, particularly at the K-12 through level, to uh, families, parents, and churches, not government. The state of Kansas, the state of Missouri, wherever you might be listening to my voice yeah. right now, has no authority from, from God to be educating children at the K-12 through level. And uh, we've just accepted that uh, for 170 years. A lot of people do not realize <clears throat> that we had no state-sponsored, tax-subsidized public education in the United States for the first 220 years of American history. Wow. All education was under the church or a local community. In New England, they had community schools. Well, they were really like a combination of uh, uh a community school and a church school that were controlled by the churches. But, and, but in the southeast, uh, we had even a, a more distinct separation there, and we had Christian academies, and there was no connection <coughs> with government at any level. <coughs> but after the Civil War, <coughs> that really began to change um, in, in all through uh, the areas. 
of course, the Western expansion, you know, really didn't start strongly until right before the Civil War. Yeah. So the Unitarians, under Horace Mann, he was a virulent anti-Christian, Unitarian, and a socialist, organized the first state-run public schools in Boston, we say in the 1840s. It actually started around 1837 and kind of uh, climaxed and culminated in 1845. And that was the beginning of this model that we've lived with 170 years. But it took it until the turn of the 20th century to become the dominant, complete control model. During that interim, churches gave up their Christian schools and handed them over to the government. Now, they allowed children to be educated Christianly in many of these uh, public schools. They they weren't thoroughly Christian schools, but Christians, there was a level playing field, and Christians were allowed to participate. I finished high school in 1961, and we still had chapel once a month in the public school and uh, prayer and Bible reading every day at homeroom. In the morning, we'd say the Lord's Prayer and read a, a chapter out of the Bible. And then there were a lot of Christians on the faculty. Now, there was not a Christian curriculum. Evolution was taught even then. But uh, creation teachers uh, who believe in creation could teach that. Those days are long gone. And it really, it, we went took a deep dive downhill in 1962 and 63 when the prayer and Bible reading decisions took place, outlawing prayer and Bible reading in public schools. A lot of Christians think that was the beginning of the problem. No, that was the end of the problem. It started in 1840 because we don't want the government running education, and that's what they're doing today. Well, the thing that I don't understand, uh, (laughs) Mr. Moore, is the fact that the education system, you know, when, when when I was going through it in the in the early 80s and or, or the late 80s early 90s uh i could do math i could read i could do science they had they had uh cooking classes which i don't think they have anymore they had uh sewing classes they had uh you know all all, all these all these classes where you were taught life skills and nowadays uh nobody's teaching anybody life skills and this, the the fact I understand with the with the COVID nineteen, I understand you know you've got to do this online learning and all these things, but there are so many school children that basically have just lost two years of their education, and they were losing two years of their education, and it was crap to begin with. So <laughs> how do you fix all this? Well, you have to abolish it and remove it. And so uh, this this will sound strange, but we're happy for the COVID-19 shutdown. Um, Up till March of last year when the shutdown took place, there were about 2.5 million children were homeschooling, maybe 2.7, another 1.5 million in private Christian academies. And I had... uh, you know, worked hard for 25 years nearly to try to grow that. Now, I'm certainly not the only one, but we were part of the mix of trying to grow uh, K-12 Christian education and homeschooling. And then all of a sudden one day, it was as if the Lord God himself flipped the switch, 
he sent 55 million children home. And that's a <clears throat> COVID is a dark chapter in uh, in our uh, culture right now. But the the silver lining in the dark cloud is the shutdown of the schools, because now it's given Christians and families and churches time to think about it, and they are not going. A lot of them are not going back. We uh, know now that ten, to, a minimum of ten or fifteen percent, are not going to ever return to the pagan, godless schools, and it may go as high as twenty. 25, 30%. We just don't know yet because the schools are not yet open. But families are so upset about the shutdown, about the teachers striking. I hope they strike some more. And they say, we're not going back. And they want more pay to do indoctrination. So the system is not working. And the children are not, they're not learning basics anymore. It used to be even when the schools weren't Christian, you, you did math, two plus two was two, uh, four, and you did, you had, you know, you taught, you learned Shakespeare and you learned American history. You just didn't put a Christian worldview on everything, but you had real facts and real truth was taught even in the public schools, but that's not happening now. And, uh, they're forcing, uh, Black Lives Matter on the children. And that's going to be the interpretation, you know, of history uh, in, in the future. So if you want your children not not only to be corrupted morally, uh, you leave them there, but they're not going to be able to, to, to read and write and do basic ma- mathematics. It's that, just that bad. It's a totally dysfunctional system. <clears throat> and I've been in the ministry formally for 45 years. I'm a retired Army chaplain, lieutenant colonel, and I serve both in the congregation and as a director of a Christian ministry, the thing that most amazes me is how derelict the pastors have been to pick this mission up. There was a study done some years ago by Barnett Group of the commitment of the evangelical conservative pastors on this topic, and they found that only 10% of conservative pastors were strongly committed to K-12 Christian schooling with another 20 to 25% moderately so. And by that, it meant that they themselves had their children in Christian schools or home school, but they didn't normally routinely preach and teach on it. This is appalling. Uh, and 28% in that same poll, they found, were against Christian schools. I mean, they literally, you know, evangelical pastors were against it. And... Uh, it, it, it just is it's mind-boggling that they could be so irresponsible. So I'm spending a lot of my time now trying to awaken these pastors to their shepherding responsibilities. You know, a shepherd is supposed to take care of the sheep. And the yes. children in his church are sheep. And they are, they're not supposed to be. It's your duty as a pastor to keep them out of harm's way. And they don't warn their families in the churches to, to get the children out of these schools. Now, I'm happy to report that that is changing very uh, suddenly in a good way in, in our direction at this time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, before we let you go for today, my friend, how do we um, get in touch with you online, get your book, everything else? Well, right now the book is <clears throat> sort of out of print. I'm sorry to have to tell you that we're getting ready to reissue it, but I have another book on parenting and raising children in a godly way called The Promise of Jonadab, that's J-O-N-A-D-A-B, The Promise of Jonadab, 
and the subtitle is Building a Christian Family Legacy in a Time of Cultural Decline. And they can go to the webpage at exodusmandate.org, and they can order a copy there for a donation. We don't sell them, but we get donations, and we'd like a, at least a donation of $12, but 